on our Bow River Capital team, we have roughly 80 plus years of operational experience, investment managers that are former founders, CEOs, and C-level officers of their own SaaS and technology businesses. Hello, I'm Michael Hainsworth. The CIBC Innovation Banking Podcast explores the world of startups, growth stage companies, and late stage companies that have made a big splash in their industries around the world. In the world today, it's tough to raise capital. So how do those who hold the purse strings view the road ahead? John Rader has seen it all. As Vice Chairman and Head of Software Investments at Bow River Capital in Denver, Raider is a proven software investor, private equity fund manager, and serial entrepreneur. He's been through ups and downs before, from the dot-com bust to the 2008 financial crisis and everything in between and beyond. And the high interest rate, low investor interest environment in which we find ourselves today may be unique. But he tells me it's not new. I began my career in cloud-based computing, software as a service, SaaS businesses back in the 90s, and ultimately started my own firm uh, in the late 90s. Not the best time to to begin your career as an entrepreneur, given that the dot-com implosion was looming, but uh, learned a terrific amount of um, operational detail, learned a lot about myself during the toughest times during and post the nuclear winter. Tell me about that experience, because you once said that you developed an outlook that was steeped in paranoia and fear around operational frailty as a result. That's a fair point. Uh, I have been a CEO of, of, of startups. I'm not an overly optimistic, uh, wild-eyed CEO who's always thinking the grass is greener and things will always end up with a fantastic outcome. So given my view that um, there was no option B during that early stage of my first CEO role, I created a, a series of sensitivities, both intellectually and from a budgeting standpoint, of worst case scenarios, draconian models, survived a number of macro backdrops and and also just the frailties of of early stage companies that are um, focused on rapidly growing and as you've evolved from an, a software ceo to an investor within that industry what do you see as the key differentiator for you and bow river capital i started my investment career with uh, an sbb called Raider Venture Fund in my late 20s. I had my first board assignment at that point and worked for a recurring revenue model business called FRX Software. That fund over two decades and over uh, nearly 30 investments produced 67% returns uh, on an annualized basis and over five times multiple on invested capital with great predictability, institutionalize uh, the framework through Bow River Capital. So I brought over my investment team and investment philosophy five years ago in 2018, launched the Maiden Fund, which was our software growth equity one fund at Bow River Capital, which was oversubscribed and 160 million in AUM. 
Tell me more about that and the role that the dot-com bust played in helping you uh, build the skill set that's required for Bow River Capital. Because, you know, whether you're facing massive headwinds or the wind is at your back, a business must be pressure tested to thrive in tough market conditions, including recessionary times at which we find ourselves at a crossroads right now. How do you pressure test a business? Good question. We take a very conservative approach uh, to the diligence we we do. And as this first institutional, largest institutional capital in aligning with bootstrap founders, it, it typically takes us a couple of years to build those relationships. So it starts with, I would say, a long-term relationship building outlook, concurrently doing deep diligence, pressure testing uh, the business against macro recessionary times, and ultimately aligning our culture with the founders and management teams of those companies we really partner with, and then deconstructing the operating plans and business models such that we can apply our 340-page proven playbook to rapidly accelerate that business. When you pressure test a business, what role does the customer of that business play in the decision you make? How, how deep of a dive do you get into the customer experience? Very deeply. On our Bow River Capital team, we have roughly 80 plus years of operational experience, investment managers that are former founders, CEOs, and C-level officers of their own SaaS and technology businesses. And so ultimately we um, investigate and auger into these companies that have through a very different lens than, than our other private equity and, and venture capital peers. In the current PE investing climate, M&A volumes have contracted by up to 70% over the past 12 to 18 months. Your second growth equity fund has $600 million in dry powder. Are you currently investing? And if so, into what type of companies? As I often say, you can often and always fix poor performing companies, but you can't fix bad industries. And so we spend a lot of time investigating, analyzing thematic industries that we'll invest in. We've tended to make a cluster of investments in human capital management, HR type companies where we can further improve or maybe even aspirationally perfect the way staffers and employees execute on their day-to-day jobs and businesses. So FinTech is an area of, of great opportunity of operational efficiencies, as is businesses with any type or pool or investment in engineering quality assurance. So SaaS platforms that can further create better performance, operating efficiencies, and better cost structure monitoring are are businesses that we will continue to invest in. We like construction tech. These mission critical applications across these sub-sector industries are areas that we find to be particularly interesting in, in good and recessionary times. So what areas are you passing on in real time? We have avoided investments in healthcare technology and healthcare IT. Whilst we see an enormous addressable market and plenty of efficiencies that are obvious to all consumers slash patients, the adoption curve of those technologies by medical services firms, hospitals, uh, doctors, and medical staffers seem to be 
less predictable. So we've avoided investments in the healthcare IT space. But uh, we see in, in the real time massive opportunities in the lower middle market. There continues to be a significant capital gap. And as a result, we manage currently 765 million. So we remain very constructive to bootstrap founders and tech entrepreneurs that are currently looking for capital and they may be thwarted by the banks and non-banks and even the venture community that that are not engaging um, like they were in the go-go era of the dot-com era or even, you know, in the 2020-2021 rebound. That significant capital gap in the lower middle market is where John sees opportunities to invest. In the last 12 months, five of Raider's seven software-as-a-service businesses are growing subscription revenues at 100%. Whether one is facing massive headwinds or supportive tailwinds, John points out that businesses are always being pressure-tested to thrive in very tough market conditions and recessionary times. And that test is a significant one for the C-suite of companies with an enterprise value of 20 to $60 million. Lower middle market companies are often seen as less developed at the management level. John helps level up those companies. Bootstrap founders who may be terrific product visionaries, who may not have ever seen a big winner created, also may not fully appreciate what an A player looks like across multiple functional roles. So as an operationally centric growth equity fund and partner, we'll come in and be extremely transparent with those founders and CEOs and operating teams around where we see opportunity to invest in their people and the scaffolding needed to go scale a business from, as you referenced, five to 10 million or so up to 25 to 50 million. In nearly all cases, we will uh, top grade the sales uh, leadership to an A player that have built and scaled multiple companies in the SaaS world and prior. And we will typically invest heavily in their go-to-market motion, which includes their sales force, their demand gen levers and, and other marketing investment opportunities that will help grow bookings by roughly 50 to 100% during our entire whole period. You've told me in the past that you can't brand your way to growth. I, I can imagine there's some significant differences in the competencies required to start a business versus to scale a business. That's well said. By way of startup skills and competencies, it's an enormously tough challenge to go build a business from zero to 5 million. But if you can reach 5 million, which we as a conservative investor invest in companies that are at or near positive cash flow, our ability to take that, um, the core foundational elements of that business and scale it by fivefold or greater is something we can do across those thematic targets that um, we've analyzed. And so it's less about kind of catching lightning in a bottle. We wouldn't brand by way of TV commercials or, you know, kind of public marketing or print advertising. We would spend zero on those elements for growth and we would allocate roughly 40% of our primary capital for sales and marketing acceleration, 
roughly the same amount for innovation and product-led growth. And then we'll systematize those businesses with the same actual SaaS tools and systems we use and deploy in all of our businesses to manage customer success, uh, our referenceability, the interactions of our customers and user with our application workflows and analytics. All that being said, we put a significant amount of capital into those companies to drive the surge acceleration of, of these businesses from roughly five to 10 million up to 15 to 50 million. Accelerating a business by throwing more money at it is easy in the good times, not so in the hard times. John tells me that founders may need to make changes to their strategies in this high interest rate environment. It's times like this when a founder needs to lean on the expertise of their investors. And Bow River offers exactly that. So what's the post-COVID investment environment look like to John? Well, we've been constructive during and post-COVID. Uh, obviously, we've got $600 million in dry powder. I've mentioned that we will uh, invest time and energy on the road, face-to-face, -face, like we did during COVID, to build relationships with bootstrap founders and management teams. We haven't changed our knitting by way of our investment philosophy for over two decades. And we believe that in, in good times and bad, with these businesses we invest in and our expertise, we can outperform and really decouple the execution and performance of these companies from public market and large company results and valuations. As a result of that diligence, as a result of our investment philosophy, we're able to produce top 1% or better returns against our peer group. Now you say that you haven't changed your knitting, but do founders need to change theirs when it comes to their approach to landing funding during the uncertain times of high interest rates, slowing economies, concerns about recession? Do they need to change their knitting? Well, I would say the the macro backdrop has has forced them to change um, in some respects. And it, this always comes down to mostly individual founders and tech CEOs. But I would say that our founders that are highly referenceable are more sensitive to partnering versus just capital that comes on the balance sheet. So uh, capital that actually can help grow businesses, help address product roadmapping complexities, and certainly create a very solid operating plan and budgets, no matter what the macro economy looks like for these bootstrap founders to realize their dreams of, of building category killers or big winners within their particular SaaS industry. And so we find entrepreneurs respect the operational prowess that Bow River Capital Software Growth Equity Team brings to the table. They respect the amount of capital and the skin in the game, both by way of time and capital and energy. We invest in the businesses and it would be very typical for us to be full-time alongside our management teams post our investment 
for roughly six to 12 months at the investment team level as we build out the foundation and infrastructure of these new um, portfolio companies so that they're immediately creating value and growth from day one of our investment. You raised a greater than expected $605 million for that second software growth fund. How did you beat the $500 million target? It really boils down to, to three distinguishable merits to our strategy and team. The first, our investment team of operators and their prowess of being uh, primary investors and terrific stewards of, of capital is very differentiated. So the second obvious uh, distinguisher for us was our uh, velocity of capital and our recirculation period of approximately 30 to 36 months. And ultimately, that strategy is very differentiated when a typical venture hold period is, is eight to 10 years plus, and the typical private equity hold period is six to 10 years. So we're significantly less than half that hold period. And the third is just our returns are in the top 1% or, or greater. And when you have those three distinguishers and, and the returns of crystallized exits to tell your story around, which is a pretty simple, straightforward story. And ultimately, we had many new investors uh, globally and institutionally come in to support us, where our largest investor increased their commitment from just over $25 million to roughly $117 million. We never would let grass grow, so to speak, on, on our current progress and results to date. We wake up every day feeling the enormous pressure of, of managing a significant amount of institutional capital. And I've got the right team and we've got Bo River with significant financial support, all the compliance, uh, SEC regulatory support, all the strategic guidance, and certainly the fundraising engine to allow us the capacity at the investment team level to go do what we love doing and do what we do best, which is to rapidly scale these system of record mission critical SaaS companies and businesses for bootstrap founders and the dreams they have of building building big winners. The uncertain economic environment and environment for financing SMBs remains a challenge for founders. But Bow River Capital has shown that with the right financing partner, companies can flourish. While John Rader has $600 million in investable capital for the next three years, he'll continue to look for companies that want to work with their investors and look to repeat the returns of his first fund that weren't just in the top decile, but the top 10 of all tech funds in the United States. This has been the CIBC Innovation Banking Podcast where we learn the secrets to innovation economy success from the entrepreneurs who are paving the way for the future. I'm Michael Hainsworth. Thanks for listening.